You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. We are back, still talking Nip Tuck. We're on to season five, episode three, Everett Poe. First came out on the 13th of November 2007, directed by Richard Levine. Um, a really fun episode, this one. Looking forward to talking all about it. Um, I'm Nick, and are you hard? And my name is Ben, and. Follow she blows, laddie! <laughs> yes, this, this is this is a fun one. Um, there's there's uh, no two ways about it. It's, um, yeah, you've got to hand it to Christian for for pulling off a line like that. Not many people could get away with that, but uh, uh, yeah, it's good. I just absolutely love that bit. I just always laugh so hard when you like, they cut just randomly to Christian doing that. Um, this is an interesting episode. I. I I just think this episode is so disjointed. It's so over the place and it just, we talked a lot, I think the end of last season and the beginning of this season being really quick fire episodes. So much is happening that it's like boom, boom, boom. It feels really quickly. I kind of think this is the opposite. I think there's so much happening in this episode. It kind of drags this episode out a little bit. I don't know if you feel the same, but, uh, it's just the tone changes so quickly in this episode from one thing to another. And there's just, Oh, there's this happening and this happening and this happening. And it's just, you know, it's going to lead to a lot of things this season, but, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting episode. Maybe one of the most bipolar episodes of Nip Tuck we've seen. Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, a ground laying here for... Well, uh, at least there is a little bit of um, intended ground laying. I'm not sure how successful they are um, because, you know, some of these storylines don't go anywhere or they or they disappear really quickly. Um, but, yeah, I think we are starting to set up some of the... what they hoped would be some of the big storylines in this season. Um, so, yeah, I think there is... Um, I don't know, there's lots of interesting stuff to talk about anyway, even if you don't absolutely love the episode, I think it's, and I think that's probably going to be the theme of, of this whole season, is we may not love everything, but we're going to want to talk about it all, I think. Yeah, absolutely agree, and it's, it's you know, it's not a terrible episode by any any meaning, but um, yeah, there's, the stuff to talk about is great, I just feel that, just saying it on the record right away, that I feel that some of the stuff they could have really spread out over some episodes, and considering we have 22 freaking episodes this season... Uh, to have so much shoved down your throat in one episode is, is a weird thing to say, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but, um, we get right, right into it straight away. Um, yeah, let, let's not, let, let's not waste any more time talking about this, but, uh, so, so Sean and Kate hooking up in a hot tub and, um, you know, I love like the very first kind of, um, shot that you get and, um, you know, it's, um, Kate looks like she's about to throw up the way she like just the way her mouth is positioned, um, which is kind of interesting because um, you know not long after that you know Sean's trying to get a bit more physical and she's saying no 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 and I've got to get out I've got to get out and he just kind of doesn't do anything and then uh, she shits all through the hot tub. <laughs> which is just, I remember again watching this episode for the first time. This is one of those rewind moments where you're like, what did just just happen? Like you like did that just happen? What I think it did, um, and. Like, you mentioned, I think, a few episodes ago about, uh, I think it was the last episode of the fourth season, about how maybe there's some stuff they wouldn't really be able to get away with in terms of sort of like, you know, when Sean and Christian get a little bit physical with a woman every now and then. Like, is it just me or in the last two episodes, as, as Sean just doesn't understand the word no? <laughs> like, I mean, this is kind of a, a topical thing in today's day and age where really this is becoming a more of a, 
of an issue where even just the, the first time a, a woman or a man in, you know, a situation like this can, doesn't give consent, that should be it. That's it, you know, and kind of like, I'm not trying to say anything, like I know it's a different time and everything along those lines, but, uh, again, I don't know if maybe the, they would get away with it to the extent of the way Sean just never seems to understand the word no, uh, when he's trying to get his rocks off. But, um, I mean, ultimately it does lead to a, an interesting scene when she poops in a pool. And can I just say that if I'm dating a woman after what, how many days and she poops in a pool, I don't know how that gets recovered. Like, even if you like her a lot, that's something that, uh, you know, is, you know, maybe a, a one or a two year relationship thing. Uh, like, I mean, I was with Louise for eight years and we never, ever did a poo in the same room with each other. Um, so, like, let alone shitting in the pool. So, hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it's, uh, I love the whole thing of like, um, sh- sh- nobody's got out of a hot tub that quickly in their entire life as Sean kind of just hightails it out of the pool. It's quite impressive, actually. Um, yeah, and I guess kind of the backstory we get is that, you know, she um, she didn't eat all day or whatever, and then she ended up just eating a whole bunch of stuff right at the end of the day, and it was, you know, high sugar or whatever, and it just kind of went through her system. Or, you know, like there's a bit of a story as to why this has happened, but um yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to to get to, you know. Like, I'm not entirely sure how you ever end up in a situation, um, you know, where, where you end up shitting all through a hot tub. It's it, it, it's weird. And look, I mean, in all seriousness, you, you do kind of feel sorry for her because, like, obviously she's got a bit of a, you know, a condition where with her, her the weight and her eating and, you know, I'm not to take away from that and just make it a complete laughing matter. She obviously has issues where, you know, she she binges and she has to get rid of it and she's taking these laxatives and, you know, it's, it's I think we've all been in situations where we've had to go to the bathroom and you kind of can't control it. And this, it's, it's something that is very embarrassing and, like, you know, you can't um, imagine that in this situation that is something you ever kind of want to see, you know, again. But I do like the fact that kind of essentially... It goes from, oh, you're never going to be able to have sex with me again to, I'm going to suck you off right now. So, um, it's yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing is that Sean's a nice guy. So, um, if he had overreacted to this, he wouldn't end up getting a blowjob at the end of this. So, um, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to give him some credit that, um, he's able to recover the situation and, um, end up getting something nice out of this. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it's an interesting one anyway. Um, but yeah, and so we get through the credits, we come back and, um, Christian is meeting with our, our titular character for the episode, which is Everett Poe. Um, and he's this, um, perfectionist, you know, in terms of he wants to look, you know, um, Christian calls him a plastic surgeon, um, sorry, plastic surgery addict, whereas he refers to himself as a perfectionist. He wants to look, you know, absolutely, um, you know, everything needs to be symmetrical and perfect. It doesn't really explain why he has a mullet, but, um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, so yeah, which is interesting because this guy is also a, um, a hairdresser, isn't he? And so he's got a mullet. I don't really get that. He actually looks like one of the. What are those two magicians called with the tiger? Ah, uh, um, Sigrid, Sig, like Siegfried, and Roy, isn't it? Or he looks, he looks like one of them. It's just yeah, it's so weird. Anyway, he wants a chin cleft. <laughs> um, you know that this is what he's after, and um, yeah, Christian's Christian's pretty um, skeptical about the whole thing. Yeah, which I, I just had to Google this actor to see if he actually really looked like this. <laughs> Michael Tez Barris. No, he doesn't. So it's actually really good makeup, I will say, in this scene. Um, but yeah, I just kind of like this guy, just the way that like Christian's look. And obviously he just sort of, you know, talks his way into getting the surgery done. Home of the $800 haircut. And, you know, oh, I can send all my clients to you, all these A-listers and everything. You know, Christian just getting, you know, manipulated into doing it. But uh, I do also like that little bit of the line when he's talking about the cleft. And he's like, oh, what would you prefer? Michael or Kirk Douglas and just that look on his face that he kind of has thinking about it like this guy just looks sick I actually um I mean I, I I could not comment whether or not this guy had had surgery or not 
But uh, I remember growing up, um, I had, you know, a bunch of friends who were gay and we'd go to gay bar, the gay bar in Hobart. And one of uh, my friend's friends, you know, this, you know, super energetic, flamboyant, you know, homosexual guy, he had this, like, face which fascinated me because he honestly looked like a cat. And, like... I'd have to find a photo to show it to you. But I always wondered, like, was that just him naturally and he just put makeup on or something like that? Or had he had work done? Because to me, he would have had to have work done. And it reminds me of this guy. Like, it just looks such like an unnatural face, but you're still fascinated fascinated by it. It's kind of like Michael Jackson, you know? It's an unusual-looking face, but you're fascinated by it. You just kind of want to look at it. Yeah, and you're right. He does look like um, one of the characters from Cats, you know. Yeah, there's, there's just a really strange look. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, so it's he's going to be the character going forwards, and I think this is something that, you know, these guys probably wouldn't have dealt with all that much um, in, in Florida, but, you know, now they're in California, they're going to get this kind of thing, and, you know, we're going to get some some similar ones to this later on, you know, we're going to get the one that wants to look just like Michael Jackson. And yeah, so I think this is, this is something that we're going to see more of, not less of. Um, but you will, we'll come back to that character and we then move into, um, a lunch date with Liz, um, and Julia and Olivia. And, you know, the Julia's kind of, this is where Liz is kind of, um, trying to gauge that, you know, the whole Julia situation. And, you know, Olivia's trying to be, you know, um, you know, do the, the PDA, the whole thing, and, um, you know, Julie is quite, quite, you know, visibly uncomfortable with that, and you can, you can see the cogs turning in Liz's head, really, can't you? Yeah, which is, the thing also that kind of annoys me a little bit with this whole storyline to do with Julia being a lesbian is kind of the stuff that will happen with Liz this season, it's kind of like, oh, the only other gay character, so let's kind of have to have them involved, like, I mean, this just isn't how it works in the world, uh, this is what, you know, People on the outside, I think, of, um, you know, gay relationships assume, or if you don't know gay people closely, you just assume, oh, I'm a guy, they automatically must be into me, or I'm a girl, they, you know, and just kind of things like that that will impl- be implied throughout this season with Julia. Um, but I do kind of like the way they zoom in on this place. Like, it's kind of cool editing. It's kind of like this over-the-top shot of this very fancy-looking hotel and then just this, you know, conversation over lunch. Um, and as much as I dislike this storyline, again, I'm always going to be high on praise for Portia de Rossi. I just think she just handles this very well. Like, I, I don't know, she's just... She just, as one of these actors who just seems so natural in her ability, it's never forced, it's never scripted. So I do like Portia de Rossi uh, in this show. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. You do see, as you said, like the cogs turning with Liz and just, you know, the way they keep like talking up, like, you're one hot mama, Liz, you're one hot mama. Um, and, um, yeah, what did she say? Like, I can't wait to do you on the balcony. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah, just it's, like, you know. It, 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 yeah, it's a bit too much, eh? But, um, yeah, and, and you're right, like, they are actually making quite a concerted effort to remind you that this is in California now. So you do get those shots that, um, we got a lot of in season one and to a lesser degree season two. Um, and, and then they kind of dropped away. And now we're going to really focus on the fact that we're in California. Um, yeah, and I think the whole Portia de Rossi thing, I mean, I, I think it's made a whole lot easier because, you know, obviously she is gay in, in, in real life, but also, you know, I think the whole, her relationship with Alan has obviously been something that was, uh, you know, made a, a kind of media circus out of. So she's probably had to become quite used to everybody making judgments about that and, and just being comfortable with that. So I think kind of her own personal experience is probably coming quite handy in the storyline. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. And so we, we move into that and, um, 
uh, <laughs> yeah, we get the the thing that you alluded to at the start, which is you know, so um, Christian just absolutely taking the Mickey out of out of Sean over the whole um, Kate shitting in the hot tub thing. It, it is pretty hilarious. I mean, these guys have got to make the mileage out of this, don't they? And and boy oh boy, do they whatever. Um, it, you know, it, it is really good. I I um yeah, I, I do really like it and. It kind of shows a difference between because you know if this had happened to some woman that short that Christian was dating, yeah, there would be there would be no nothing else. That would be the end of it. Um, so yeah, I think I think that is um, really interesting. Yeah, then we get you know Liz kind of talking about you know what I alluded to kind of last episode, which was around um, you know um, Christian makes a comment about Julia's moved to Lesbania and um, and Liz believes that she's just a tourist. She's she's not there for the long haul. I, the thing I particularly love about this whole scene is just. Um, you know, through the the very beginning, and just the way Christian's just making fun of it, the way he's kind of like, "You're not going to start dating the shitter." <laughs> he's just going on about that. And Liz comes in and is like, "I've got some extra sloppy joes." And she likes them, and Sean's just like, "No, thank you, Liz. I'm going." <laughs> it's just yes, so yeah, funny. it's good. Hey, like sloppy joes, like just not what you want to be thinking about when you're talking about somebody doing diarrhea in the pool. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's really good. One of the things I thought about here while we're talking about food, um, it, it, it appears that the um, you know, the, the grass smoothie thing has not followed mm. um, Christian um to California. This is something that has Thank obviously God. stayed and. Yeah, it's just funny. I had kind of like completely forgotten about that. But you know, after we were talking last episode around the yogurt, <laughs> is that yeah, the, the the grass smoothie is no more, or at least it isn't at the moment anyway. So um, maybe something to watch going forwards. And uh, you know, then we move into Sean uh, meeting our fantastic new character um, of Eden. Um, and you know, at this point, we don't know who Eden is. She's just a um, a patient that's kind of come in but immediately sean is not happy because she's kind of just let herself into the room which is obviously not something that you're supposed to do so right from the off she's annoying him um and she's got the story here that um basically she wants her hymen reconstructed because um it got broken while she's riding a horse um i'm not entirely sure how um how true all this kind of stuff is but um well it's, you know i obviously don't think it's true what i'm saying is i don't know if this is something that actually happens i don't i don't know um but yeah, I think it's um, it's a great introduction to this character. I mean, I'm going to say up front that I I really enjoy the Eden character, um, and you know, I think you made a point in the last episode that it gets a bit um, similar to some of the stuff that uh, we got in season two. But uh, I don't mind too much because I just I love this character. I think she's she's really good, and um, I'm looking forward to to kind of talking about her as we go through this season. But um, I'm sure you uh, you have plenty to say on the matter. Oh, I love her. Um, yeah. Um, I just, I really do love her. And it's kind of, you know, we talked a little bit about this season not really having a full-term antagonist. And it really doesn't. It kind of flip-flops around it. And, you know, kind of just, it starts off so great with so much potential. And it kind of just fades away with um, Eden, to be honest, just to kind of spoil it. But what we get here at the beginning is just so good. And, you know, we talked about Bradley Cooper kind of really getting a star, starring turn uh, out of everything out of this. I mean, Annalie McCord, this really was her breakout because she went on to, I think, one of those 90210 shows or something like that that, uh, you know, really kind of made her a real, you know, teen sort of idol. She was one of these ones that all the teenage girls looked up to and was, you know, a paparazzi hound and everything. So she kind of went on to bigger and better things after this. And I'm just looking at IMD, this really was her first sort of main, you know, role. I mean, you know, a year previously she played Hot Girl in the OC. So, uh, well, she's, she's definitely there. There's no doubt about that. Oh yeah. But, um, I think what's interesting. It's when you look at her at her credits on IMDb is that um, um, 
yes, while I think that this was her kind of breakout and she's got a lot of work out of it, not a lot of stuff that you would go, oh, that's that yeah. chick from such and such. Like, she's still somebody that I don't recognize in anything else. You know, like she, she's had bit parts in movies and, you know, um, you know, more serious parts in TV shows. You know, like she's she's been in a few, um, not not ones that I recognize, but she's obviously been, a, a, you know, a big part in a couple of them. Um, and 902 and I've been the obvious one. Um, but yeah, I think that um, she's a real good fit for this role. I think she she looks the part. She's a great actress, and um, she just sells me on this kind of femme fatale character really, really well. Um, right from her first introduction, and um, it, it's just a hell of a lot of fun. And you know, she's kind of always one step ahead of both Sean and Christian as we go forwards. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing to to not like here. I think uh, you know sometimes these villains you get sick of them, or you know it gets a bit outplayed and. I'm looking forward to, my memory is that that isn't the case with Eden, but um, it'd be interesting to see if by the time her storyline gets gets finished on the shows, if I'm glad to see the back of her or if I wish we had more. So that's something that um, we can track and talk about when we do get to the end of it. Which is kind of just interesting just with her stuff because, I mean, there is some side stuff that comes along with her character that I just really don't like. Like, there's a poisoning storyline and things like that that just really kind of give me the shits. But, like, there's nothing ever really I complain about with her. Like, I love kind of just, you know, the subtle thing she does with Annie to kind of, you know, pour little Annie along the way. And kind of, I think it's something that you need. Like, you sort of, I think, mentioned about... Julia's development as a character, like, it's an interesting thing making her a lesbian. I just think kind of, like, for Annie, like, our beloved Annie, who kind of is obviously growing up and, you know, you're going to see that she would be quite, um, you know, she's looking up to people like this and being quite impressionable. So I kind of like that. But just this opening scene here, just it's great, you know, automatically the way Sean's just kind of like, uh, how old are you? And just, you know, her ways of just going on about, like, you know, I'm still a virgin, you know, like, anal is cool. Um, you know, as long as guys get to stick it in somewhere. Uh, and then just basically, you know, just talking up to Sean, like, I know you're hard. Like, she knows the power she has over men already at this age. And that's yeah, kind of just yeah. what I like about this type of character. Because, I mean, you know, to have this sort of, like, evil type of vixen character, like, you know, when I, I sort of see her more like an Adrian to Ava rather than just an Ava herself. I just think there is some similarities along the way. But, I mean, you know, we never really kind of had this vixen-y sort of character. Like, I mean, we have had elements of it, like with Kimber and Ava, of course. But I still kind of feel that she's kind of the first one in the show, which, you know, has sex as a large part of it. Uh, just being that sort of person who is just purely out there to, you know, get her own way and she knows how to do it because she knows she's hot and she knows she just has to say a few things and any man's basically going to bend over or bend her over to literally get what they want. Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, I think this character is really good. Like, I think it's not just even um, her lines and her acting. I think even her kind of mannerisms, yeah. just the way her kind of, you know, the way she does things that... Yeah, the facial expressions and kind of like, you know, even like the, the kind of eye fluttering and, and, you know, just even the kind of leg crossing and things like that, like all of it's made to be very seductive and, and it's all done really, really well. And, you know, like you say, like she's, she's, there's no holds barred. She's quite happy to talk about things from the off and, you know, kind of Sean saying, oh, I don't feel comfortable having this conversation without your parents present. And she's basically straight into, oh, are you uncomfortable or are you hard? You know, like I can make that erection go away. And, you know, this is, yeah, it's just, it, it's, um, yeah, it's it's pretty intense right from the get go, and um, yeah, it's 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 fun. I, I can't wait to talk about another scene we've got coming up in in this episode. But yeah, I can't wait to see where things go with Eden. It's yeah, it, it's so much fun. This stuff. I agree. 
Yep, and so um, we then move into what I think is another great scene, which is um, at the place that Julia's staying at, and uh, she's doing some sunbathing, and um, what's it, something about welcome to LA, the weenie roast, or something, <laughs> that, when, when Christian turns up. But, um, you know, we kind of get the scene, and, and Christian's like, he's hands all over Julia, and I think he, he's kind of seen this as, you know, taking Liz's words on board, and he sees this as an opportunity to kind of seduce um, Julia, and I don't know if it's, you know, partially i'm sure because he's you know always had a thing for julia but also he sees it as a challenge and you know he'd quite like to have a go at this um yeah and you know so i think that um you know th- this is this is all good stuff and i think you know as i talked about uh in the last episode um that julia you know i think her best acting comes when she's opposite christian and you know it's really interesting here because it starts off quite um congenial and they're happy and talking to each other but kind of as they get into the conversation more julia gets more and more rolled up and um yeah i think this is just a a, a well done scene i i really enjoy the acting here and um yeah i think we're always quite quick to point out when um jolly richardson's maybe not acting as well as we would hope but this is a scene where she is acting pretty well i think so um i'm enjoying it and um you know of course um you know anytime we've got um julia mcmahon on on the screen she's doing an amazing job as well look i'm gonna agree with you with the acting i think the acting's great again jolly richardson and and julia mcmahon work well together and everything along the lines works well but I just think this is one of those moments where it just kind of it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Like you, there's no lead up to this, and then all of a sudden it's back to kind of this Christian and Julia moment. I remember I said a bit about that back in season three and the wedding, which you know ultimately I liked the scene, and ultimately that made our top five. Sort of just before Christian was about to get married to Kimber and everything on those lines. But you know, as much as I was critical about Sean and Julia, like I'll oh, get over it. Like finally they're finished and this sort of stuff. Like. I just don't feel we need to revisit Christian and Julia. And like, we're going to get a fair bit of that this season too. And I just, I'm just not a fan of it. And again, it just kind of feels forced and out of nowhere. And this is kind of one of my many issues with this episode. There's just like, we've just kind of started off fine, you know, through the, the shitting moment to, you know, Everett Poe and we've got Eden coming on board, you know, it's kind of, and a bit of Julia and Olivia and that sort of stuff. That's all we need. We don't all of a sudden need to let's throw in Julia and Christian all of a sudden again. So like, he's another plot you've got to have in this episode it just kind of again just comes out to the point where it's like there's just so much going on already and there's still going to be more to happen in this episode this isn't all that's going to happen so um i mean i see what they're trying to do i see kind of where they're trying to go with this like as you said like christian kind of sees he's in here right now but didn't he see his in when she moved to New York in the first place before she met someone else? Like, I mean, it just kind of, it seems like just convenient timing and all this sort of stuff. And it just, to me, with the Christian character, it's just kind of like, I know he's always got her there. And we kind of hear him saying this episode that I love you. Like, I've always loved you and that sort of stuff. And I get that. But it's just, I don't know. I just, I'm just not a fan of it. I just, I just don't like this episode, the way they deal with the Julian Christian stuff and particularly with what's to come even later. Yeah, and I guess probably what you needed was a connecting scene because I think what we're meant to do as viewers is, um, you know, take that whole thing that you know the, the him and Liz in the in the staff room talking about it earlier that she's she's kind of come to the conclusion that Julia's not a, not a full time lesbian as you might say, and so he sees his opportunity, and I think you almost needed a connecting scene, which is you know whether it's kind of him bumping into the two of them and getting that same vibe or you know, and before you get to the scene. And I wonder if they shot something like that and just didn't have time to put it in the show. Because, yeah, you're right, it does come out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I just love the acting, so I, I don't have as many problems with it. But I, I certainly understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, and then we kind of move move on to um, Sean and Annie. Annie! So you're going to be happy. Annie's here. 
Um, and, and he's definitely grown up a little bit. You can definitely see there's, um, a, you know, a little bit of time has elapsed since this last season was filmed. Um, cause yeah, Annie, Annie has definitely grown up a wee bit. So, and you know, the, the whole thing here is that Annie's not particularly happy. She wants to come and live with Sean. Um, and, uh, then, you know, Chris is, is sorry. Um, is Sean having like visions first of Eden or is he always seen Eden? Because then she turns up, but it feels like I think she's just there, isn't she? Yeah, it's just kind of the way it's shot. It's kind of hard to tell if he's if he's thinking about it or if he's actually seeing it. Um, yeah, but it, you know, and and you know, so then he kind of puts to well, he doesn't put two and two together. He's told um, that Eden is Olivia's daughter, so we're starting to get the connective tissue kind of happening here as to where this uh, where the story's going and how it all connects to him. So yeah, I mean, there, there isn't a huge amount in this scene other than it's just it's an information giving scene, I suppose. Yeah, and, like, I think, kind of, we haven't seen Annie since, what, Connor McNamara 2026. Uh, well, I mean, we saw a glimmer of her last episode, but as in, like, a speaking role. And, I kind of, I mentioned in that episode that, you know, she can tell that Kelsey Badlin has grown up and she kind of sounds a little bit more mature. She's kind of lost that little girl voice. Um, and I kind of think this is the case here, too. And I think that, you know, I've always kind of said with, like, her acting that she's never one of these kid actors who's annoying. And even though, kind of, some of her storylines get a bit silly, like, uh, you know, Matt and everything like that as well will eventually, but... I still think she's she holds her own with the acting capabilities and you can just, you know, definitely tell how much she's growing up. But I just like this stuff with Eden and Annie, just, you know, just the subtle little references where she's kind of like, you know, oh, lay down on the carbs, you know, they're starting to pull out of your suit out there, little Annie. Uh, you know, just things like that. Um, and what did she say? Annie's fanny's starting to bunch. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, kind of yeah. funny. And obviously just the, the reveal of, um, you know, her being Olivia's daughter. But I just, again, just the subtle real vixen nature of Eden. Just like, what is that bit where she says like, oh, does that mean if I live with you, you can call me daddy? Like, just like yeah. things like that. I'm watching this going, well, my, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite. So this is obviously, we go into the sea where Sean kind of bursts into the, into the room and, um, and Eden's there. And my favorite line, I've just got to get to it before you, you mention it, because I'm sure you love this, where she says, Julia's quite, quite the screamer, by the way. And I thought, oh, oh. Ben must have been absolutely loving that line. Uh, yeah. oh, no. But yes, it is, it is quite, it is quite funny, you know, that you get this kind of confrontation between these two. And then, um, you know, um, Julia and, and Olivia come out. And, um, yeah, so we're getting some good tension kind of starting to be built around this character. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this stuff because I, I, we're starting to see a little bit of tension get, get pulled together. Um, and I'm just liking seeing some groundwork being laid for some stuff going forwards, which is really nice because I think the first two episodes were good. They kind of set us up for where we are in LA, but I'm, I'm quite keen to start putting some foundations for some ongoing storylines in place. And I think we're starting to get that now. Yeah. And the thing that I also like is just, again, Annalie McCord's, uh, you know, her acting here. Just, I love the way, you know, she's kind of like dragging this whole thing about like, um, what is, what does Olivia say? Like, oh, who took your virginity? Oh, his name was Charles and he was black and it was when I was riding him or whatever, that sort of stuff. And then the way Sean kind of says something like that and, and just like, oh, Charles is a black stallion. You racist. <laughs> Like, <laughs> just the way yeah. he kind of turns out there. But also, I love, like, again, Portia de Rossi again, just because I don't like storyline, I'm just going to repeat it a thousand times. I just, I love her acting, the way she kind of walks in. It's like, don't you ever call my daughter that? Like, when, you know, he uses the word bitch, and then Julia walks in, and the way um Eden sort of goes on, like, oh, I didn't hear anything from you, Julia. Having an off day, are you, mum? <laughs> just, like, things like that. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just fun. Right, it's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, totally. And you, you know, you, the comment that you made earlier is that this is a real kind of Adrian. You know, like it's very similar, like you in terms of the kind of dialogue that's used. I mean, different character and different kind of motivations. But yes, I think um, a very similar kind of line of of um, dialogue kind of going on here, which um, yeah is interesting. It's not something I had actually thought about, but now that you've kind of pointed it out, I can I can totally see that. Um, yeah, and so then we get into the um, uh, Everett Poe surgery scene, which is pretty gross, and it's probably the first. Um, big surgery scene that we've kind of had in, in this season and it's probably been a little while since we've had one of those gross surgery scenes like we've had a couple of boob jobs and things like that but we haven't had um, a really kind of graphic surgery scene and I think anything involved with face and mouth and mm. um, I'm somebody that doesn't like like teeth stuff it's not really something I enjoy watching so this is an uncomfortable one for me to watch I've got to say which like one thing which too is really notable is that the surgery things are really taking a back seat to plots and it's, I mean. Actually, just to cut in there on, on what you're saying there, because I think that, um, you know, we get a lot of information dump here, because I think that, um, the surgery scenes would quite often be, um, connected up with Sean and Christian having a discussion over the top of the patient, you know, yeah. about what was happening in that episode. And you get that here, which, um, we actually haven't had much of that. And so I think that, um, we, we, because we're not having these big surgery scenes or we haven't had many, we're losing the opportunity to do that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting that, um, when you kind of think about it that way is that it's an, an, an awesome opportunity to kind of show some good surgery stuff, but also get some important dialogue and exposition and things like that out on the table as well. So yeah, yeah, I think that, um, it's, it, it's good stuff. Which, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it because I think this is kind of going to be a trend moving forward is that the surgery stuff really does take a back seat to, you know, a lot of the, the personal stuff going on. And I'm not necessarily saying that's a, a terribly bad thing because ultimately this show has a good mixture of it. And, we, and, you know, we've always established, we always forget this is a medical show. We're not watching this for the medical stuff. You know, watch ER, watch Hearts and Scalpels, you know, like, you know, you're not watching uh, this for that. But it's kind of like this, this episode has a bit of a vibe, you know, back to Granville Trap when like, you know, that episode was so heavy in regards to, you know, the arrest of uh, Christian and everything along those lines. And there was barely anything to do with the surgery. It's kind of like, what's the point of having a titular character? Like, what's the point of Everett Poe being the titular character in this episode it really should be eden lord um you know should be the yeah. titular character in this episode so um and it's kind of Look, I'll just, yeah i think i'll just push back a little bit on what you're saying about you know we're not here for the surgeries because i think um no it's not a major part of the show but i think that we are here to see um we want to see what plastic surgery can do i agree, and, I agree. Know, it's not a it's not a major part of the show, but I think we definitely want to see. And so, yeah, when when your main characters, like last episode, you know, it was about getting a boob job, um, and the one before that was about getting a facelift. Well, you know, that stuff we have already seen on the show, and it's hard to kind of shock us with something new. And so, you know, that's why we get these kind of out there patients that we can show the unusual side of plastic surgery. So I, I do want to see that stuff. Um, I don't want it to be the focus of the show, but I definitely do want to see some of that stuff. And I think, yeah, like you're absolutely right, and that's kind of the fun part. We always have those memorable ones but like thinking back to our recap we did a season four one we just said how much the the one timers were memorable like i mean three episodes in i mean carly summers sure great you know she was interesting enough because of that storyline the munros yeah that was kind of quirky this one yeah okay he's a cat man so like it's just i don't know and it's kind of what i we're still gonna we're gonna have memorable ones it's not like they've completely done it you know completely finished there will still be some memorable sort of things to go along with but this is like a problem with this episode and i think kind of it is built around the fact that 
there's just so much going on that you kind of even forget. Like, oh, they're in surgery. All right, Everett. Okay, he was a thing before, wasn't he? Um, And you don't get a follow-up with him, like, 10 minutes later, like you usually do. This is it. This is all you see, because you're going to get shoved down. You know, Matt's still yet to come. What are we, like, 15 minutes into this episode? We haven't even got to the Matt stuff yet. So it's kind of, you know, there's just this is my issue with this episode. There's too much going on that when we get this scene here all of a sudden with the surgery, being like, oh, shit, that's right. We're, We're meant to wait for somebody to get surgery here. Yeah, and I think as well, like, um, I'm jumping ahead an episode, but I think next episode, the kind of main um, surgery or the main patient is actually not the named one, is because, you know, we've got Dawn back and you don't want to miss the opportunity to, to name an episode after Dawn, but actually, the to me anyway, the nun is the more interesting um, surgery, set, or, you know, patient and things in the next episode, so I think often we, um, we, we just haven't had a lot of um, the patients kind of mirroring some of the storyline that's happening to the doctors, you know, it's something we've kind of lost a little bit along the way, um, you know, and we definitely lost it in season three. Um, I think they probably picked it up a little bit in season four, but as we talked about, there was a big long run in four where it was, you know, the title character was somebody we already knew and it was part of the storyline anyway. And um, so I think we've kind of got out of the habit of really making sure that the the central patient is actually something that builds into the storyline or mirrors the storyline or something like that. We've kind of gotten away from that. So it's something definitely to watch and and see, you know, if things improve in that area going forwards. Um, Yeah, but I I mean, I totally understand what you're saying as well. I I can see those issues. But um, then we get into um, what I think is probably... um, my kind of um, my favourite scene of you know it's a bit of a cut scene. So obviously we've got Olivia and Sean talking, and then it intercuts with Eden getting um, examined for you know the the broken <laughs> home and thing examined by Sean. And you know like the Olivia stuff, I can take or leave, but I think the you know this is what I was talking about earlier before is that you know we don't actually get many lines of dialogue from Eden, but you know her facial expressions are just really selling this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music is fantastic as well. I love you know just I love these scenes of Sean because Sean looks hyper uncomfortable as well um and yeah i just think eden just really really sells this um yeah this kind of um jezebel type character i think you yeah, just everything about this i think is what well, everything that's um that doesn't have olivia on screen i really really like and i agree with you and i'll just kind of spoil what i'm going to be doing in this episode this this these sort of scenes are why i won't be in this episode is because i'm with you 100 percent. i love kind of the interchange and i love that sort of fantasy side of things there with sean and just you know the i know what boys like it's like the way they kind of like cut in between it and just the thing that i really like about the eden and sean stuff is that i just love this taboo temptation that sean has that and just like you know we're, we're talking so much about annalee mccord her facial act just so good i i love I mean, not that we haven't talked up dylan walsh a lot before but just kind of just this this devil sort of, you know, angel sort of storyline where Sean's just like the temptation, like, oh my God, he wants her so badly, but like, no, it's wrong for him to have her. You know, it's just kind of just all this sort of stuff that plays up with it so well. Um, and yeah, I just, I just really, really love it too. Um, I just want to backtrack quickly. We're talking about the music, that really weird ass, uh, version of satisfaction that we had during the, uh, Everett Poe. Surgery? Yes, what yes. was that? <laughs> yeah, it is a bit strange. I mean, uh, we've already established that um, Ryan Murphy is a big Rolling Stones fan, um, and so he obviously is not somebody that's a purist that only listens to versions of it that um, are written by the Rolling Stones or performed by the Rolling Stones. He likes any of them because um, yeah, I, I'm not really a big fan of that too. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a, that's. Um, I don't know if we want to talk. Top, it's probably not a top five scene. This whole thing with Eden, but I just. I, 
I can't say enough good things about it. I think it's just, yeah, it's one of those ones that I really, really enjoy watching. Um, and, you know, I just think that the acting, the facial acting with both of them is, is just phenomenal. I just, I love, I love scenes where you don't have to be given huge long lines of dialogue to be sold on the motivations and the feelings of the characters. And they yeah. do an, an amazing job there with that stuff. So, I, I yeah, think, I just want to note that. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just interrupt you quickly. So I think they're like, yeah, I see your top five moments. I think the thing to note with season five, though, is that while we'll, we'll have, like, you kind of all over the place episodes and kind of, you know, your blah episodes and just it's dragged out. I think the thing that, you know, stands out for me about season five is that, even though I have maybe watched this completely in a couple of years, there's so many scenes in my head that I can automatically think of that I think are standouts. And that's kind yeah. of going to be like, we, we thought we were going to struggle a lot more than we did last season. We ended up getting a pretty concise top five. Uh, but I think with this one, it's, there's going to be so many of these scenes that just stand out for so many different reasons. Um, that are maybe in shit episodes and kind of really are bad plot lines, but they are important to, to remember. Because, you know, they are iconic in, in many aspects of Nip Tuck. So that's yeah. kind of where I would be looking at top five ones this year, where, uh, this season where it'll be slightly different than what we've kind of done. Because ultimately there's really not going to be a lot of top five storylines this season and next season that ultimately have an overwhelm bearing on the entire show. And I would almost argue when we get to our top, you know, ten moments of six seasons, these are memorable scenes, but I don't know how many of the f- season five and season six scenes will make that ultimate top ten. I could be wrong. I could be underselling that. But I think that, yeah, like, while this is definitely one that I would agree with you in the conversation, I just think this would be easily forgotten about when we get to some of these over-the-top one-time scenes that will easily be in conversation for top five. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so, um, you know, and, you know, as I think I've already talked about, my memory of this season is not great. So there, there could be a lot of stuff I'm forgetting. Um, you know, to me, I think that the Eden stuff is all really, really fun. So I hope we can find a way of maybe incorporating her into a top five, but we'll just see how things go. Um, but anyway, and something that I definitely don't think will make top five is, um, the next scene, which is Matt arriving. And I just, it's not that I don't like this, but I think that, you know, talking to your point about this being kind of like this jam packed episode, um, this is something that I don't think needed to be in this episode. I would have been quite happy to just put this in either the last one where it didn't feel like there was a whole lot going on um, or the next one. You know, like I, I think that it, it was just one thing too many um, to be kind of chucking into this episode. So I definitely see your point here. So obviously, Matt, you know, um, um, Sean gets home, Christian meets him and, and Matt's arrived with the baby. He says he's left Kimber, um, that she sunk all the money and we find out it was, what, 250000 um, that um, was it twenty five thousand. It was a lot of money. Anyway, two hundred fifty. It was. Yeah, yeah. it was two hundred fifty. Yeah, and so he sunk, or she, he gave that to her, and she sunk it all into the church. So this is the information he's giving to them now. He's got the baby with them. So um, yeah, it's uh, so Jenna is the name of the baby, obviously. Um, yeah, and um, you know, at first Christians, you know, pretty upset about this. Oh, sorry, Sean's pretty upset, you know, because he's um put all that money into it and you know you can totally understand that from his perspective um christian's a little bit more forgiving um but yeah i think it's it's good to have matt back on the scene um, maybe just not quite needed in this particular episode yeah um just one thing i really want to quickly backtrack just because i just love the line i can't remember what scene it was i think it might have been a, a conversation between christian and sean but there was a line there where christian says something about you're going to take the shit of the shutters um or something like oh, that okay. or yeah um yeah, I just, I just, I've written that down on my notes here. I just wanted to say that. Um, yeah, I've just quickly opened this episode up and I've looked at it. We are 25 minutes and one second into this episode. We are more than halfway through the episode. We've got about at least four or five storylines already. So let's add another one. Um, yeah. 
it's just like I, it's it. This shouldn't be in this episode. Um, I'm not saying anything. It's a storyline. I think this is a very interesting storyline. What we're gonna get with Matt and Kimber. It's kind of it's unique in the fact that I don't think you saw this coming at all. You know, like if you if you're smart enough, kind of with Julia, you can kind of get those subtle over the top references to you know maybe she's not seeing a man. Why are they referencing him so much? Uh, but with this one, I remember watching this for the first time going, holy crap, I was not seeing that coming. Um, so I kind of, I will give it props for that. I, I'm not against sort of the Matt and Kimber sort of drug storyline. I think it's kind of an interesting plot twist to them and kind of starts the ball rolling on, you know, hashtag poor Matt for the last two seasons. But it just, yeah, just this episode. We don't need it this episode. It's just, and this is the thing, like, it feel this episode feels so much longer than it is because there's just so much going on and there's still more stuff to come with Christian and Julia yet this episode. And, yeah. and it's just, it's still got stuff happening. So, um, it is kind of interesting though, because again, it's, it's done in a way, I guess, where, I mean, I know if you see the previous one, Nip Tuck, you obviously understand there's going to be something to do with Matt because you see a little bit of that in the beginning. Taking that aside though, like, you're not expecting maybe to see Matt here, just the way Sean kind of walks home and, you know, says, like, oh, what's wrong? And Christian just kind of looks over and he's Matt. Um, so, yeah, it's it's it just shouldn't be in this episode. I don't mind the storyline. One thing I will say about, like, ageing, we talked about Connor ageing a little bit, we talked about Annie ageing a little bit. John Hensley has grown up. Like, we, we know that John Hensley was never 16 in the first season. He was, what, at least, like, 24, 25. Like, he's about 10 years older than his character's meant to be. But, like, he's, what, 16 in season one. We're at season five. So, he's at least 21 here. Uh, even 20. He looks like he's about, like, 32 here. So, I think kind of, you know, we've, we've had John on the show. John, we'd like to call him a good friend of ours. Uh, but you can definitely tell that they've aged him quickly, which might be down to the drug use. I don't know. But uh, that's one thing that, to me, always stands out in this season. It's like, wow, Matt's gotten old all of a sudden. Yeah, and I think we talked a lot in the, the Conor McNamara 2026 episode that basically the way that they um, they aged him, aged Matt, you know, was basically give him a beard and some glasses. And they've kind of done the same thing here too, is they've just got him to, to grow out his beard a bit so he's got a bit of a stubble going on, which does give that, that effect. Um, look, I'm, I, I think I've talked about it before. I'm not a huge fan of any show kind of, um, you know, turning a character that you love into a druggie. I think it always just feels like kind of shorthand for this person's life has gone off the rails and the quickest way to show that is, to, is by showing them doing drugs. So it, I'm not hugely keen on this. I think it's a little bit lazy, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really know if I've got any more to say about that. Um, it's not a major storyline, so it's not something that I get totally bummed out about but I, I do think it was just they could have done something a bit and I think you know for all the, the silliness that we get with Matt um, you know towards the end of this season and then into next season I think it's actually if nothing else it's pretty unique and um, I, this just feels like run of the mill um, this feels like something you see on Shortland Street if I'm being honest it's interesting you think that because it's kind of like that's what I was saying wasn't it uh, last week about Julia and that whereas you're saying about that it's it's interesting I mean I, and again I, I'm not going to disagree with the fact that I can see exactly your point um, I'm usually that way a lot of the way too when it comes to like characters, let's get them on drugs. But I think kind of the difference between this storyline and the Julia storyline is that I can almost believe this happening because I think it's kind of explained a little bit better kind of how it all happens. Whereas like with Julia, it's just, it just comes out of nowhere and it's like, hey, she's gay now. Um, so that's kind of the differences between it. But I think kind of, 
you know, I remember in the John Hensley interview, it's just, it's funny to kind of go over all the dot points of things that happen with Matt from this point on, because this is something we said from the very beginning, like, hashtag poor Matt, this is, this kid's going to go through the shit. And it's kind of interesting to look at this and kind of analyze it, the fact that it really, the bad, bad, bad stuff, I mean, he's had a few things so far, but like the really bad stuff kind of happens over two seasons. It's not really spread out. And this is, you know, we, we talked about kind of the Ava thing really being the downhill downhill journey for him. Uh, I mean, you know, season three, he went off the rails a little bit, came back on the rails, went off, you know, a little bit towards the end, of, you know, with the whole um, aerial situation and that sort of stuff. That's kind of swept under the rug and he's kind of gotten Kimber on board and he's just kind of in the Church of Scientology. I mean, really, last season, nothing really bad that much happened to Matt except getting chased by the worst henchman in the world in Miami. Now, though, like, this is, like, this is the bad, bad stuff, like... Yeah, getting addicted to crack is really going to fuck him over and kind of just every little thing that will happen to him now is just stepping stones to what's ultimately going to happen to him over the way. And it's it's so interesting. Go back and listen to that John Hensley interview, people, if you haven't listened to it or you haven't listened to it in a while, of, uh, you know, his sort of um, opinions on what should have happened to Matt overall. Because I think kind of I've come around a lot with what John Hensley said should have probably happened to Matt at the end. I kind of agree with it. I like what happens with his character, the way they end it. Uh, I was kind of a fan of sort of that the way that concludes with Matt. But I also definitely can see John Hensley's point and what he thinks should have maybe happened to him so yeah this is this is the beginning of the real end for matt uh even though right now we don't know that we're just kind of assuming because you believe him you believe him at this point that kim has run away with the money because you would assume that's something kim would probably do yeah 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 and so i mean i'll I'll definitely reserve the right to change my mind if, if it's done well you know i I, I kind of find it lazy, but you know, if they convince me if it's done well, then um, I'm happy to retract that comment for sure. So, yeah, and we're going to get back into that anyway. We kind of then head back to Julia and Olivia in bed. I mean, uh, you know, never, never uh, anything wrong with uh, a lesbian sex scene. I'm sure you would agree with that. Um, and, but again, what I would say is um, there's some pretty wooden acting going on in, in the scene. If I'm being honest. I don't know if you yeah. feel the same way. Yeah, but you know, like not, not by uh, Porsche though. Can I just point that out? Not by Porsche. No, no, no. <laughs> no and I think you know, Julie is not in the moment and can't get in the moment. And blah 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 blah. And you know, and and yeah, it just it, it just comes off as as pretty um, yeah un- unbelievable. I guess you would say um, yeah. It's and it also comes out. I think these two just don't have any chemistry with each other as well. Um, that's just my opinion. I still I still stand by that. I don't think they've got chemistry. But yeah, Portia de Rossi, she's great. She's fantastic in this. Jolly Richardson struggling a little bit. And again, you know that's half the point of this scene. I guess you know she's not in the zone. We don't have to hear her moaning. Thank fuck. Um, you know things like that. So um, yeah, I, I do kind of like this little bit though when she's like, "Let's get married." Um, and you know, with the reference to let's go to Boston, because if I'm not mistaken, at that point in America, Boston was the only place that uh, gay couples could get married. Um, oh right, okay. But um, which is interesting, they could have gone to Canada. Would that not have been closer? I'm pretty sure it was legal in 2007. Yeah. Um, anyway, we know the Americans obviously hate Canada at that point. Um, but yeah, I, it's the thing. I think this is another case where there's another scene missing somewhere because when we get to this Julia Sean, uh, Julian Christian stuff. And we kind of get that line where Julia's going to say, like, um, you know, Olivia said I needed to get you out of my system and I should screw you. Like, I feel that was filmed and we just didn't see it. I kind of feel we needed to see that. I don't know. We'll get to that oh, scene, I obviously, see, I soon. Yeah, see, I, I disagree because I think that kind of, that would have cut the tension completely because we would have known from the beginning that Julia was doing it for, uh, you know, like a selfish reason. And I like the fact that, um, you know, you actually 
you don't know that you kind of walk into that scene and you think Julie is kind of um, you know being swayed by Christian. So I, I kind of like the way it plays out. But we can talk about that when we get there in a minute because then we've got another scene in the middle where Sean also can't get into it with um, with Kate, and we see these you know he he starts having these visions of. Um, <laughs> Of Eden, which you know get more and more ridiculous, basically. They've helped um, me over the years; those visions too. I'm just, just letting you know. <laughs> but you know the whole thing of um, Eden with a with a um, not a harness, uh, with a saddle. Um, a saddle on like a horse. It's ridiculous. And then like you know, Sean goes from not really being into it at all to like you know basically turning Kate over and, and doggy style and going a bit crazy. You know, it's uh, it's it's a very typical Sean. This isn't he? he just kind of like goes a bit crazy out of nowhere. The one thing that, like, I, I love this whole sequence too, but the one bit I always kind of laugh at is there's a scene where, like, Sean's actually imagining him having sex with Eden. If you actually kind of see the position that Dylan Walsh is in, like, there's that's not happening. Like, he, he's he's nowhere inside of her, just to, you know, be quite graphic there. But, um, yeah, I, I love this whole scene. Just, like, how long have Kate and Sean been going out and they're already having boring married coupled sex? And basically, he needs to think of what, like, an 18-year-old girl, like, you know this relationship's going nowhere. Like, they're still meant to be in the honeymoon phase. They're meant to be all over each other. Ever since she's done a shit in the pool, like, I mean, you know, come on, it's it's done. That the... You know, the, he needs the publicist to show her, show him his boobs, show her, him her boobs. So yeah, it's, it's a fun, funny scene though. Just like, I just love the shot of, uh, Eden with a saddle on. <laughs> Why yes, not? It is slightly ridiculous. And obviously this then slides into, um, you know, Christian doing the follow, not sorry. I keep saying Christian, Sean doing the follow up, um, on Eden and, and checking that everything's been successful. And, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, more, more of her trying to seduce him and, you know, like, what am I allowed to do? And, you know, if I do this, you know, um, you know, like, am I still allowed to touch myself here? And, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's, um, it, yeah, it's, it's all good stuff. She's definitely, uh, for a first episode, she's nailing it straight away. Yeah. And just, I, you know, Sean basically like, you're never allowed to come in here again. Like, you know, like, can we just imagine if this was Christian? Like, you know, like Christian would have already had sex with the first day they were there, which is again what I like about this storyline. I just love the temptation of Sean because Sean is kind of, you know, the vanilla guy. He's the good guy in all this situation and kind of leaving into temptation. Whereas we know Christian would have already fucking been caught having sex with her immediately. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think it's really interesting as we get into, into future um, episodes that we talk about, you know, the risks of him giving into that temptation. And I think that that's quite cool. I do, I do really enjoy that. Um, we kind of we kind of go through what those risks might be. I think that's that's fun, but we'll we'll get there when we get there. You know, we get the scene where you know um, Christian's on the beach and and Julia joins him, and you know one thing leads to another. Um, they end up having sex, um, and it's um, a pretty kind of um, yeah. I, I, I like that the music plays over the top, so we don't have to hear the Julia moaning. Um, and and yes, and and then obviously as we've talked a little bit about before, you know afterwards, Sean's uh, Christian's making all these plans about he'll be the one to tell Sean and he'll be okay and. Blah, blah 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 so you know christian's totally sold on that this is a thing going forwards and um julia then basically gets up and says you know um that her and uh olivia had kind of talked about it and agreed that you know she needed to do this to get him out of her system and uh she was right and catch her later and um yeah i i you know i i'm sure you're probably not going to enjoy this as much as i did but now to me i think this is a really like we've kind of in one way or another kind of built towards this you know this scene for quite a long time like it's something that i 
in some ways I thought we would never see on the show, but then in other ways I thought was totally, you know, it was going to happen one way or another eventually. And um, I, I think it's uh, the whole scene. I think is is delivered very very well. Um, you know, I think these two kind of make it very believable. And yeah, like I say, the music's good because then we don't get the moaning. Um, yeah, otherwise, otherwise I do. I think this is is well played out. And um, you know, I think the stinger at the end. I, I do really enjoy that. And I, I'm glad that we didn't know that that was Julia's intentions going into it. I must say, her face still looks like she's moaning, so it's still kind of annoying. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I remember back to when the whole Natasha storyline started, how you didn't like that sex scene between Christian and Natasha, and I thought it was really well done. Um, I do not like this at all. I just, again, it just, I get the whole, like, this has been something that we've been wanting to see for, you know, five seasons now. Ugh. They needed to do this a couple of seasons ago, I feel just, I don't know, it just, it just seems to, again, come out of nowhere. And this is just my problem with, you know, Christian and Julie this entire season is it just comes out of, like, I feel we've moved on from this. We don't need this anymore. You know, Christian basically was on the cusp of getting married twice, and, like, he's still in love with Julia. To me, Christian's ultimate is Kimba. I've, I've moved on from Christian and Julia. Um, and this, you know, it's it's kind of almost like a thing, and spoiler alert if you've never seen the ending of How I Met Your Mother, but uh, it just that's what shits me off so much about the ending of that, the way that Ted and Robin do end up, because you just don't put any focus into them ultimately being together. Because, you know, you've sort of told from the get-go that they're not going to be together. It's just a stupid plot twist with one of the dumbest endings in TV history. Um, I just don't like it. And I just kind of like, I think it's just really cheesy lines. Like, what does Julia say? Like, oh, that's the world's oldest song. Or is that Christian who says that, like, to the water? And like, you know, I wanted to see the Pacific Ocean. And it just, it reminds me, um, I love Titanic. I love the movie Titanic. And Colin is, you'll never listen to these, but he hates me for even, he's asleep right now in Canada and he's like punching me because he hates me bringing it up. But like, there's just that whole bit when they're on the, uh, you know, the front bit, you know, before, um, they're doing the whole Jack, I'm flying scene. Like, you know, and there's just some cheesy dialogue going on there. If you take it out of context, it's terrible. This just doesn't work. And you got that really cheesy California song in the background. And then Christian just automatically kind of embed making plans like they're together and just the bit when he says like I've always loved you and just things like that I don't know it just comes out of nowhere like it's just where was this it's not like he's been pining over her for the last you know it's it's been nearly two seasons since we've really had any element to Christian being in love with Julia so I just I just don't like it I just don't like it I think kind of if you're gonna do a Christian Julia thing to build up tension to bring it back keep it as what we already had earlier in this episode don't make them fuck in this episode bring that into a few more episodes and it just I just, I'm just not a fan of any of this. And like, I get your point about like keeping it suspenseful about why Julia did it. Uh, I completely understand it. Uh, but I just almost still feel we need a scene in the middle there to kind of briefly allude to it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of this at all. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I do see where you're coming from. I think in defence of this is that I don't think it really needed a big build-up. I think this is something that, you know, when we look even on the day of his wedding, he was, you know, he was still going on about there's still something there between us. And, you know, I've never really lost that. I just think that, you know, um, those two stories haven't intersected for for lots of reasons. You know that uh, you know, primarily that she's been pregnant for quite a large part of the the, the time or had a young baby since then. And um, yeah, I mean it, it does kind of come out of nowhere. But you don't always need storylines to to you know absolutely be you know beautifully crafted to still have meaning. So yeah, I mean I I, I definitely see your criticisms. I think it could have been handled better. But to me, I I still think it's a little bit of kind of um, 
oh, I'm not quite sure what the right word is. It's um, like fantasy satisfying, but it's not really a fantasy. I, yes, I'm not quite sure what the, like the word is. a fandom is or a shipping of the yeah, couples yeah, yeah. or something like that. Like, it's almost like a, a box ticking. Like you actually just needed to see this. You know, like if Nip Tuck had ended without, you know, these two getting together at least for one night, I think it would have been disappointing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy to have seen that. Could it have been done better? Yeah, maybe. But um, ultimately, I'm, I'm quite happy with how it's delivered. Um yeah, so, um, no, I mean, it's always nice when we, we're coming at it from different angles and, and you know, we're going to see different things. So um, certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, and then we move into, uh, we see Christian in the shower. And there seems to be a lot of Christian arse in this, this season. Isn't it so Sean? Far, you know? Oh, was it Sean? Sorry. Um, so it's Sean's arse. I was about to say, are they um, sharing a shower together all of a sudden? No, you're right. right it is. It's Sean's arse. So there's a lot of, a lot of um, doctor arse in this, this thing <laughs> we've seen. Christian naked on the show quite a few times already this season, and now we get some Sean ass as well. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Sean obviously comes out of the shower, Matt's there, and uh, you know Matt's here to see Christian, um, and you know Sean's kind of nice guy side comes out, and uh, you know he gives gives Matt some money to to kind of help him out. So yeah, I think this is you know the kind of fatal flaw of Sean that uh, he's a nice guy, you know, and he wants to do the right thing for his son, um, even if he ultimately knows it's probably not a good idea to be doing that. Uh, writes him a check for cash, you know, he's, he's, he's a good bloke, this Sean. Um, yeah, and, and kind of gives him the money. So, um, and then that, um, transitions into the, the kind of, you know, another big reveal for this episode where, you know, Matt kind of comes into this, um, pretty, uh, terrible looking motel room or, or whatever. I assume it's a motel room, but could, could be just an apartment, I guess. Um, uh, but yeah, it's that real kind of drug den look to it, doesn't it? Um, because obviously he, he's using this money for, for drugs and Kimber's there. Um, and you know they've both become um, drug addicts, and you know the baby's screaming and she's hungry, and and Kimber's just you know desperate to 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 shoot up more or less. And um, I really like the I, I think that they've done a really good job, especially with Kimber's kind of um, makeup and and wardrobe and stuff here, that it really sells that you know this real fall of um you know this this you know kind of beautiful woman that she was when we last saw her that she's now just become this. Um, you know, the shell of her former self, even down to the things like, you know, she obviously hasn't had anything done to her hair for a while and there's lots of regrowth there and, you know, they kind of put her in really beige clothing, which we've never really seen her in before. I think that's all really well done. Um, yeah, and then obviously we get, you know, this kind of, you know, them doing drug sex scene kind of thing going on. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, it, while I don't I don't love the storyline, I think that it's a, it's a well-delivered scene here at the end of the episode. Yeah, I think it's it's a nice reveal because I kind of think again it's sort of something that you just don't see coming. I mean, you sort of when you see Matt sort of lurking here a little bit, looking to steal money, you kind of think, okay, something's a little bit different here. But um, you know, you just kind of you're not expecting him to all of a sudden just walk into this drug den basically with Kimber. Just you know, you're right, the makeup just really has made her look you know worn out and all this sort of stuff. And it's kind of a weird scene because like you know we get this rehab, you get um you know some Amy Winehouse playing, just the editing and all that sort of stuff, and kind of them having sex to it and everything along those lines. So um yeah, it's it's interesting, but I mean I think kind of the difference between this and what we've just seen between Christian and Julie is like this makes me want to know like well what like how did this happen? You know, it make it's making me want to learn more. Um, whereas like just the Christian and Julia stuff, I'm just kind of, oh God, yes, if having sex, good on them, whatever. So, you know, like I, it's, it's interesting. It's not, you know, not a standout by all means, but it's just the editing and kind of the cliche song there with having rehab there by Amy Winehouse. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's making me want to learn how they, I guess, got into this situation. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and you know, that's all we're going to get on that storyline for now, but we're obviously, uh, 
going to come back to that for sure. But uh, yeah, we kind of um, we've got a couple couple more scenes here to go, and this this second to last one here where Christian's at the bar, and the, you know this slightly older woman turns up and mistakes him for being this man whore. And um, I love the moment where he realizes exactly what she's talking about, and he kind of looks to his to his left or his right or whatever it is to see if there's somebody else who's waiting for this woman and there isn't anybody yet. So he just, he leans into it, you know, like, and he, and he totally just um, pretends to be this, this man whore that she's waiting for. And I just, I love the line, you know, something about, you know, that it's been a very long dry spell for her. And he says, I, I hope you bought an umbrella because there's thunderstorms predicted. It's, it's so good. Like, I just, I love that. It's the kind of thing that only Christian's character could pull off. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's so fun. It's, I didn't see the storyline. It's not even really a storyline, but I, I didn't see this kind of, um, situation ever arising. And, um, I probably should have known Christian. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's quite fun and, and unexpected. Which, look, I, I agree with everything you say. I think it's fun. It's kind of done well. I just kind of think it's, you know, it comes out of nowhere and everything. But again, this is just my issue with this whole episode. It comes out of nowhere. It's there. I always, I honestly always forget that there is a brief plotline of Christian's a gigolo, basically. Um, and because, I mean, spoiler alert, this kind of does last a little bit longer than just this tiny bit of the episode. So it's, we're going to sort of see a bit of this. And I think they, like, this is an interesting storyline for Christian to have. I just feel they could have visited it somewhere differently. I don't know. Like, it's just, I get why they're doing it. But again, on an episode where we've already got 317 storylines to try and follow, like, let's throw in this one at the same time. So, yeah, I'm not going to be as critical as, like, some of the other ones have already been in this episode because I think it is sort of a semi-enjoyable one that kind of you can just definitely see coming. But maybe similar to what, you know, you and I have both said with the Matt stuff, like, it's a fine storyline or, you know, I was more that way with the Matt stuff, but just have it in a different episode. Um, And... Yeah, like, to me, if, if the Eden stuff wasn't in this episode, I, I would be bidding this episode just because of the way it kind of goes all over the place. But, um, you know, obviously we've got one more bit with Eden to go, but it's it's kind of interesting. I like the kind of that shot they have where you obviously see the the real, um, whatever the guy's name was, you know, the, the gigolo guy at the other end of the bar. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's an interesting thing that kind of comes out of nowhere. But, I mean, again, welcome to season five where everything's just going to come out of nowhere for the most part. Yeah, I, and yeah, totally. I think that it's just a different way of storytelling is that, that kind of carefully crafted narrative. You can forget that, that that's gone now, you know, that died with season four. And, um, I think you've just got to accept that this is kind of what we're doing now. And, um, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Um, I mean, I, I, I to me, it's just a kind of thing like Christian just, you know, his, his solution to all his problems is to drink too much. Um, you know, get himself into a bad situation and, um, you know, this is just another example of that. So, you know, this could have been anything. It could have been him going home with a hooker. It could, you know, like, you know, it's, it's just another situation that, that Christian gets in because, you know, um, what we're trying to say here is that his, his life is a mess. And it's just, you know, it's just an example of, you know, this is a, a messy life that this man leads and he, you know, he can never be happy or satisfied because he can't have what he wants. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I totally see where you're coming from, but it may not, it may come from nowhere, but, in terms of storyline, but in terms of character, it's a totally believable thing to happen to Christian. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah so, so I'm okay with it from that perspective. Um, and then we kind of roll into, and, 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 you know, just to follow up on that, I think it, it gives us a really great storyline in the next episode, just tipping my hand to what I think of, of the next one. But, um, yeah, and then we get this final very quick little, um, but at the end of the episode where, um, we find out, you know, um, it's basically Sean and, and Julia are talking over coffee and talk about what are we going to do with Annie and um, and basically she reveals that you know she's going to go to Eden School which is an hour up the road and um, 
you know, we get this kind of final scene where, you know, oh, Eden's all, no, Annie's all excited because she's going to be around Eden. And um, it's kind of quite a, a quick, like almost like a, um, a cliffhanger ending to the episode, really, which is, um, a cliffhanger is probably a bit of a strong way of putting it, but it's one of those ones, it's like, oh, I wonder where this is going to go. Um, and, you know, I think more often than not, um, Nip Tuck's episodes kind of close off. They don't leave, they're not open-ended. They, they generally kind of close the episode. And I think one of your things that you'll be saying is that, um, you know, our main character here, who I've already forgotten his name, which kind of tells you how important he was to the episode, you know, we don't see him again after his surgery and, and um, we instead get this kind of, um, you know, where to next kind of finish to the episode. And to establish that point as well, uh, in terms of this episode, how much has gone on and how much it's all over the place, can we also just establish this was the episode that began with a woman shitting in the pool and you barely even remember that at this point. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and I think this is a very season five, season six thing that we're leaving these things open-ended. And you can see why. I mean, you know, you get to a certain point in the show where the ratings start to drop. You need to keep people bringing in, you know, it is just keep going back to the Bradley Cooper. This is the kind of crazy shit you do in your fifth season line. You know, it's it really is because we're really starting to bring in those moments of watch next week, watch next week, watch next week. And rather than just the, the close endings, as you kind of said, and, you know, the often tragic endings that you'll have of an episode of Nip Tuck and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of like this sort of reveal in a way, but also in a way it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, yay, more Julia, I guess. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, yay, more Eden. That's, that's an actual legitimate yay. Yeah, I think... Um you know, to me, and I, I think one of the the very few criticisms I had for for season four is that I don't think when you like when we watch it in retrospect, it's this amazing season with these really you know good storylines. But um, in terms of it being a TV product, um, you often don't um, you don't have that kind of end stinger that makes you go, oh, I've got to come and watch that next episode. And I think that maybe they're trying to they're overcorrecting here a little bit that they want to have those at the end of their season five you know episodes of like, oh, you know, I really. Want, you know, want to make sure we've got this ending that makes people want to come back and watch next time, and it might speak to a little bit of desperation that you know they want to make sure people um, have a reason to come back next week because maybe the stories aren't quite as strong. Um, so yeah, I think that's maybe one way you could look at this. So um, yeah, I mean, my feelings about it are that it, it, you know I, I like a mixture. You know, sometimes it's nice to close off and have a um, a definitive end to a story in an episode, and sometimes it is nice to have a bit of a cliffhanger. So. I think, like anything, it's good to have a variety. But, uh, yeah, I think it's um, we've probably talked right through this episode. Um, yes, I think you've made it pretty clear where you're going, but I'll, I'll let you officially give your um, your rating for this episode. Well, it's a low rent. Uh, again, only really the Eden stuff kind of saves it from me from being a, a bin. I mean, just to kind of look that, I've put this at 54th out of 62 episodes. Uh, so there's only two other rentable episodes below this uh, in my eyes before you get to a bin. So, um, yeah, I think take the Eden stuff out of it. This is a definite bin for me. Um, but I just think that stuff saves it for me. And I, I've gone over that a few of the rents that I've done in the past where there is maybe a, a one or two scenes that kind of will save it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just on the cusp, but it's a very low rent for me. Um, yeah, rent, 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 rent. Two rents in a row. There we go. Look at that. What a, what a decent <laughs> memory that buy streak was. <laughs> yeah, well, um, this is one of those rare episodes where I think we're actually at odds and, you know, the, 
Um, I'm sure there's been more than I can think of, but I, I'll go back to the Ag- Agatha Rip one where, um, you know, we were quite at opposite ends in terms of what we thought about the episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, for me, this is actually a buy. And um, wow. there's, there's actually there's lots in it that I actually like. And so obviously the Eden stuff is fantastic. Um, I really enjoy the kind of Sean Julia stuff, and I think it's important, like, this is one of those ones that you, I think it's quite important for the show that you watch it because that, that is a really kind of a key scene. Um, I think there's some kind of fun in it. The only thing I really don't like about this episode is the Matt stuff. And just because I, I totally agree with your point that it's a little bit overstuffed and, you know, you could have just removed that and maybe extended out some of the existing storylines to make them a bit more um, kind of meaty and interesting. Um, but it, it's not enough to um, really distract me. I think it's a, a it's a good episode. There's lots going on, and I don't mind heaps of storylines going on. Like I, I, I'm able to keep up, and it doesn't feel like stuff's happening that doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, there's no reason for me to not buy this episode. So uh, yeah, I'm quite happy to put that in the in the buy camp. So yeah, I mean, nice to have um, two different perspectives. I think it's always good when we we can kind of come at it from from different points of view. That is uh, that is fascinating. I'm just going to quickly scroll through here. You'd have to go all the way back to. Season 2, episode 14, Trudy Nye, to the last time I rented something and you bought it. That's how long it's been. So, uh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. And I think probably going the other way is that um, it's probably, you know, I think you've probably bought a few more than me. So, there's probably a few that uh, you've bought that I haven't. But I think generally you and I are, are quite often on the same page with what we think about these. But I, th- I always enjoy it when we're on slightly different tracks because I think that that makes it a bit more interesting to... To talk through these things, and um, yeah, while I'm, I'm definitely buying this episode, I, I totally understand kind of where where you're coming from with your criticisms as well. So yeah, there you go. Uh, and just a random stat: I've never rented three episodes in a row. So if I rent next week, that's a record. There, there's a random stat for you. <laughs> I'm well, just I mean, looking through my list here. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, going into next week, I think that that, that is a really interesting episode as well. Um, you know, I don't want to give too much away about what I'm thinking, but I I do really like some of the characters we get introduced to here. Um, yeah, and I mean, any time you get Dawn back on the scene, you've got to enjoy that. Um, yeah, so I, I, I do, I think there's some, some fun stuff to talk about here. Um, I think we get a bit of a turn in the Kate character as well, as that she becomes a wee bit more likable, I think, so... Um, yeah, I think that um, there's some some fun stuff to go over anyway. Yeah, I mean, Dawn Barge is just always going to be fun. You know, we we talked about it over when we had a last season a couple of times. So, you know, I any episode with her, I look forward to it. But, um, you know, it's just the thing that I will say about this season that, you know, it hasn't started off as strongly, of course, as the, the last couple uh, or really any of them. But uh, it's still... It's, you still want to watch it, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not on the levels of Season 6 boring, where you're just kind of like, oh, God, will this show end? Um, yeah. it's, I think there's, some, like, there's just some quite random stuff. Yeah. yeah, Random stuff that kind of comes up, like one of the storylines that comes up in the next episode around the, the arse bandit. It just kind of comes yeah. out of nowhere. Um, and, yeah, it is just kind of like a really weird one, and I think that already we've, I'm kind of seeing that consistent story of um, things just kind of pop up out of out of thin air, and we're just going to have to get used to that. I think that's just the way we, we are going to be going forwards, and like I think I've talked about already, a lot of it is when you put it in context that this was a really long season, interrupted a lot by writer strikes and, and you know, potentially Ryan Murphy's head getting turned onto new projects that it's not a surprise to me that it's a little bit choppy changey here. Um, and, you know, for me, that doesn't necessarily make it bad. It just makes it different. And, yeah, so I'm quite happy to, to kind of go along for the ride and, and see where it takes us. And I agree with you completely there. 
Right, well, I think that probably does us for one episode. So um, it, it's been fun. As always, um, you can um, you know, rate us on iTunes, um, check us out there, and, and in all the usual places such as Facebook and Twitter. Um, hit us up and let us know what you're thinking about our coverage of this new season. Um, uh, I'm always interested to, to hear what other people think as well. Um, but uh, until next time, it's been a lot of fun. My name's Nick, and uh, do you have a problem with my sexuality? And my name is Ben. And, you know, I can make that erection go away. I'll I'll let you put it in my mouth, my ass. Two out of three ain't bad, right? Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.